0: Every Sunday we come here and we worship, and every Sunday we, we come with our hearts uh, desiring to just celebrate our risen Lord. Um, and this Sunday, man, I just, the, the harmony in one of those songs, I just was, oh, man, so excited about Jesus. And um, just really felt him clearly saying, like, this harmony, the beauty of this, of this voice that's being worshiped unto me, I want that for the lives of people. You know, I want, your, I want your life to be a beautiful harmony that's, that's dedicated unto me. So I'm just excited to be able here to be here to, to celebrate our risen king, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in awe that I'm up here and I'm not weeping in my chair right now, because God is just that amazing and, and worthy of our praise. And so will you pray with me as we get into the word today? because we serve a great God who gives us the opportunity to worship him with our lives and that it's a, a, a pleasing, a pleasing God. The Bible says a sweet aroma as the Holy Spirit just uses us to bring Jesus glory. Will you pray with me? God, you are so great. And so gracious. And you care for people that, that you love dearly. And God, we are so thankful for, for all that you've done at the cross on our behalf. May we today rejoice in who you are. May we learn from your scriptures about, about, from from Proverbs and learn ways to live a life that would be pleasing in your sight. But may there be this beautiful harmony of of work, of, of family, of personal devotion, of evangelism, of service. May there just be a beautiful harmony, Lord, that, that comes together to bring you great joy, Jesus. And may you, may you lead this body in that way. And in your name we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So family, I, um, I was uh, raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, I had this aim that I didn't hit as often as I would like. And most of you guys probably have hit this aim your entire childhood career. Uh, every, every semester or quarter, you probably hit this goal. Um, but for me, I didn't hit it as often as I would like, and I was a little envious of some people. And that, uh, that, that goal was the honor roll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, as a, as a kid, I... Um, I enjoyed school, always loved learning, but did not really apply myself. You know, if, if the teacher said something because I was talking and being disrespectful, and if she said something kind of smart, like, oh, Leon, you won't get it, then I would bust it out just to show her I understood, but never really applied myself in a consistent manner. And so at the end of the year, end of the semester, thought that honor roll season would come out and you would hear of, you know, the, the girl that I used to torment because I liked, but at that age couldn't tell them I liked them, so I just picked with them a lot. You know, I would hear her, straight A's, honor roll. And a couple of friends that I was really close to that did apply themselves, straight A, honor roll. But I began to see that honor didn't really have anything to do with lifestyle it had all to do with performance because you got on a roll if you had a 3.5 GPA or higher I move on to college and about the same thing happens you know there's a thing called the dean's list and dean's list is about the same 3.5 or higher but it's still solely based on performance because you could be an absolute thief you could cheat all the time but leave with an accolade from the school saying, you were one of the best performers in the class. But then I entered the the real world, as it were, and there was another another way that I began to see people honored, and it was through wealth. It was through money. Actually, money, like, disrupts the whole honorary system. You know, if you, like, drop out of school in the fourth grade, but you make a lot of money... (laughs) we start giving you honorary degrees. You know, like, we, we hook you up. Like, oh, you must be really smart. You know, like, you skipped the whole system. You know, like, we, we honor people in ways that are solely for performance. Family, as we learn from God's word today, the book, from the book of Proverbs, we're going to see God lays out honor in a totally different way. Dare I say, performance has nothing to do with the equation. It's solely built upon character. So, family, we are going to be going through a number of different scriptures. And if you need a Bible, please raise your hand and uh, one of the brothers, Brother Alvin or Eric, will be able to get you a Bible. But I want you guys to see four points that we're going to make here that are related to honor. The first point is honor is the result of fearing the Lord, which, which is wisdom. Fearing the Lord is wisdom. The second point is honor is rejected by fools. The third point is honor is only received by the humble. And the fourth point is honor is a power is is powerful, excuse me. Honor is powerful and is a blessing. Honor is the result of fearing the Lord, which is wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Now, now, I've got to set a platform. I've got to give you guys some background. Because in order to understand the honor, you have to understand the foundation that honor is built upon. Honor is an, is an expression. Honor is like the fruit on a tree. But if you don't understand the foundation, the root system by which that tree is engrafted, then you'll miss honor totally and be just pursuing the fruit. So honor... Uh, Verse 1, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This phrase, the fear of the Lord. Pastor Eric has already shared on it, but I got to hit it again because it's the foundation by which honor grows out of. You see, fear of the Lord, you can't look at it and break it apart like like the word, uh, like butterfly. You know, if you try to think of what a butterfly is and you just look at the word butter, and fly, you're going to be all jacked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're all jacked up. And I wish, I wish I could take credit for that, but that was this guy named Bruce Walkie that came up with that, that, that analogy. But, but, but fear of the Lord is this, is this expression of worship from our hearts that says we will submit to a sovereign God that reigns. Okay, we will trust in a God who's above all things and through heartfelt worship, we will say he is our king. That's that's fear of the Lord. And there's these two healthy tensions. There's a rational understanding, right? There's that understanding of there's morality. Serving God can be healthy. God gives commands. So we respond to his commands. He has statutes. Hey, don't steal. We all realize stealing might be a healthy thing for community. There's there's some rational components of understanding who God is. And he makes clear mandates in his word exactly why trusting and believing in him is worth your whole life. But then there's some non-rational components. Some components of faith where you you could try to paint all the pictures you want, but... Jesus died in our place. And while our minds get it, I still got to believe it by faith because I still haven't seen Jesus right here next to me. We didn't go to school together. Like there's a faith component that the world says, you guys are crazy. That's so irrational. You believing in a God that you don't even see? and so this fear of the lord that phrase encompasses both a a foundation by which we understand and believe in a holy god that communicated through his truths but at the same time a faith rooted in things unseen but still just as confident as a scripture that we hold in our hands that's a that's a the phrase the fear of the lord and um And so, family, I, I, uh, I want us to get that the fear of the Lord is the, the foundation that the entire book of Proverbs is trying to challenge us to be about. That if we're going to be God's people, God's people are wise. And they are wise because they dig deeply from the well of God. Because they wrestle in this love-fear relationship. Where man, as Pastor Russ said earlier... I recognize this is a holy God that could kill me in a heartbeat. At the same time, a loving God who graciously walks with me personally. And that God desires us to dig from that well deeply. But I I I want you to see it said another way. In in chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, it says, get wisdom. Again, wisdom is that, that pursuit of fear of the Lord. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Just in case you missed it, get wisdom. (laughs) And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. So family, honor is the result of fearing the Lord, which is that of wisdom. That's the foundation by which we we understand honor. First, it is our fearing the Lord. But next, honor is one of those things that is rejected by fools. In In chapter 26, verse 1, it says... Like snow in summer or rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. A, a, a farmer expects the seasons to go accordingly. So if a farmer is, is planning to, to, um, to reap a harvest, that usually happens in summer from what I understand, not in spring, the rainy season. You know, could you imagine you, you got all your crops ready and then snow falls upon them? That, that's going to destroy all of your harvest. The idea here is that there's an expectation that this farmer has of the way that life's going to go. God has an expectation for you and I. He has a standard. He has, he has a, a, a bar, if you will, of what holy living looks like. And, and this proverb is trying to explain to you that, man, the fool doesn't care about God's standard. He doesn't care about his expectations of us. He's like a farmer that would go out in the middle of winter and plant crops. <laughs> foolish. 26.8 says, like one who binds the stone in a sling is one who gives honor to a fool. So if, if the fear of the Lord is something that grounds us, it, it sustains us, it keeps us, then here's a, a military analogy kind of for the brothers and women. Because lately, what was it, in the last few months, women are on the front lines too now. Um, and so this military analogy is one of, of, hey, you're trying to protect yourself, right? And so you would use a sling or you would use a rock to protect yourself against an enemy if you threw it it gets a certain distance if you use a sling it gets a further distance well in that age in that era you would wind up a sling like this and take out your opponent but this this verse is actually saying no the fool takes a sling and whizzes it by their head continuously and sooner or later that person is going to hit themselves or damage the community a fool is not one that is, that is preparing to protect. No, a fool brings harm upon self. Like one who binds a stone in a sling. It's supposed to be sent out, but you whiz it around your head, foolishly rejecting the things of the Lord. So, so, Leon, okay, I hear you saying that there's a foundation of who God is that we're called to fear the Lord and that fools reject that. So then, what is honor itself? What is, le- let's, let's, now that we understand the, the, the soil that we're digging in, what is honor itself? Honor's literal meaning is to give someone weight or value, to honor someone, than it's to give weight or to grant a person a position of respect or even authority in one's life. Here, here's that, here's that, that just position between the world. And Christ-centered honor coming up. A person grants honor most frequently on the basis of position, status, or wealth. But it can and should also be granted on the basis of character. So, so honor is one of these things that, that we first are going to give unto God. And we'll be, we'll be going through that next in a few verses. At first, we honor God, for he's the creator of all things. But honor is one of those things that we can get a little bit like, a, how do I say, a little hesitant on as Christians because we don't like attention. And honor is a social fruit of, being, of, being, of digging deeply in Christ. It is something that people experience as your name is highly regarded as your character is highly respected, as your conduct is highly revered. And at times, instead of allowing the beauty of the Lord to go forth, what do we say phrases like? No, 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 it's okay. No, 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 no. I, 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 yep, I know I stayed up all night to bless you, but anybody would have done it. You know? No, 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 I, I'm... Phew please no no thanks here you know we we can we can allow honor that is pointing towards Christ to be diminished because of our own insecurities so honor itself is only received by the humble next look at verse chapter 12 verse 9 better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack of bread, and I know you guys all have a servant at home, so you get this analogy right. <laughs> it, it's it's what's being communicated here is the 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 vain attempt of keeping the facade, the 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 desire to keep keeping up with the Joneses, that that becomes what really entangles you and keeps you keeps you entrapped because now you're worried more about how you think you look to people than the character that keeps home composed you see the, the, the means of a person who was lowly but still had a servant it, you weren't extravagant but you didn't need to be because focus was caring for home and having things in order while this other person may have home totally in disarray but they look great to everybody in the community. I, uh, I don't know if many of you guys know this story, but um, my wife, Rebecca, I, we went to high school together with about 10 close friends and we stayed tight all throughout. Um, after high school, college, uh, some of them were in, my, in our wedding. Uh, Rebecca, after high school, went out to California for schooling, and she went to USC. And um, I never really had a chance to talk to Rebecca, pretty much from the point of graduating high school, until about five, maybe six years later. And uh, while in California, she began to grow in Christ. And one of our mutual friends would just name drop how Rebecca was growing to me every now and then. Hey, Leon, you know, um, Rebecca became saved year go by. Hey, you know, she's serving at her church now. Another year go by. She moved in a group home for at-risk youth that struggle with drug dependency. Another year go by. You know, she's interning at a church now helping to empower young girls so that they would live out Jesus. Okay, wait now, wait a minute. <laughs> What's her number? You know, like... <laughs> but, but, fam, like... like and so, when I, when I... The first time I was able to see Rebecca, she came back to Cleveland and began to work. And she worked right back at the place that she worked in high school, and this is my wife, who had, you know, a, a degree from a, a highly esteemed university, uh, a wide variety of experiences in life, and jumped right back in the same flow that she left in high school, and found great joy in it. And that that character like stood out to me in ways that if she would have been saying, "Look at me! Look at all my accolades," th- they couldn't compare. It couldn't compare. But fam, as you see this verse of of being lowly versus that of trying to amass great wealth and great fame and, and, and wearing this facade, I tell you, friends, you all know the difference between character that is honoring the Lord and character that seeks to honor self. And and we talk about honor today, not so we can simply think of others, but we can think of those times of when am I tempted? When when is it attractive to me? When am I tempted to allow my honor, my skill set, my intelligence, my history? That was a big one for me. Like, like, coming out of a community that rarely saw, like, really strong, positive black males. I wanted to be the positive black male. And that was above Christ for me for a long time. I wanted that to attract you more than the cross. In a multitude of people is the glory of a king, but without people, a prince is ruined. Man, this is a uh, uh, this this is a, a, a an example for everyone here. The king is simply a a type, if you will, that shows that if 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 you are a person of honor, your people will follow you anywhere. But try being try try buying some friends. See how that gets you when you go into battle. <laughs> Brother might go over a couple rocks through a couple streams, but you start talking about death. <laughs> Kings get deserted quick when they're not people of honor. But this is, a, this, is a, this is imagery for what it looks like for us all to be leaders in our homes, leaders in our families. Can, can your family say, Can your family say that uh, dad or mom is is competent in relying on the Lord? Can they say that dad and mom pursue righteousness? Can they say that, that dad and mom are truthful? That they attempt to be discerning? That they try not to associate from the wicked? These are are aspects of what it looks like to be an honoring believer. Can they say you're sober in judgment? Countless multitude of people. And then chapter chapter 22, verse 4, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. See, the, the, the reward for humility is honor in life. Like if you, honor is one of those things that is, it's really, uh, it really exposes our hearts. You see, if you pursue honor in and of itself, then it shows how corrupt and arrogant and prideful that we are. You know, if if you if you want to be acclaimed and esteemed highly by all and you lead down that road, it really exposes your heart. But a a truly humble person like serves and serves in ways that point people to Christ. And then you look up and you don't know how you arrived at a place of everybody honoring you. You look up like, whoa, wait. How did how did I get here? Where, where everyone now trusts and leans on um, and, and believes in, in my words as I encourage them to live for the Lord. Um, another example is kind of near, near, near family. Uh, Rebecca's mom, she served 40 years at an um, art school in the hood. Uh, during that time, Rebecca's mom has been robbed, a few times, we're sitting at dinner once. We're like, Mom, you know, what was, what was kind of some of the drama you experienced? She's like, oh, yeah, I was robbed. Um, oh, wait, I forgot. One time I was tied up, and they, uh, you know, put us all in a room. We're like, Mom, what? You know? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> you know, like something crazy, some crazy type stuff. But when I was welcomed into their family, I had a chance to go and be a part of the culture of this, this place called Rainy Institute. And every now and then, a person would come back and they would say something like, you didn't have to do that. There were times you as a white woman, I cussed you out and said you were racist. There were times where I I said that you had favorites. There were times where I almost spit in your face and you kept loving on me. And there were people people's parents who would say thank you because as a single mom I needed a number of people to help me care for this knucklehead and Zandra you came along and did it and you know one of the things that I, I asked her I was just like you know Ma, tell me like what were you thinking what were you what was going on in your mindset when you were just doing stuff like this and she would say she said something like so deep and you're gonna miss this so it's complex she said well, isn't that what Jesus would have wanted me to do? Like, like, isn't, isn't that why I'm living for him? The reward for humility where you fear the Lord and you pursue him, people will honor you for that. They will honor you for just trying to live out the gospel, for trying to be Jesus in those different areas of life that you're in. You can't pursue it. Let me take that back. You can pursue it. It leads to nothing. But in pursuing Christ, wow, we see see names revered. Why? To point him, point people towards Christ. That's the whole reason why honor even exists. So that in these different realms of life that you're in, people may get a chance to continue to experience an image bearer. Reminded of the cross reminded of Jesus so family we get that the foundation has to be built upon Jesus our fear of the lord and that it's wise for us to be to be pursuing that end that that fools will reject honor but that the humble Receive honor. And lastly, honor is, is powerful. It is a blessing. Verse 11, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 16 says, "A gracious woman gets honor, and a violent and violent men get riches." The, the, the syntax here, the, the kind of way the, the, that the sentence is structured is that, yeah, why these violent men have riches, this gracious woman, her honor trumps their riches. She, she actually has far more than they do. But from the world's eyes, it seems as if they get ahead. Uh, uh, God bless you. Oh, sorry. Uh, a a great reminder to us Um, and it's a a, a kind of um, one of those already not yet experiences where you can experience the grace now of the Lord while it seems like those around you are prospering. While it seems like the efforts of the evil is winning. But honor Last in eternity. Wicked schemes will end. All wicked schemes will end but honor will last in eternity. A good name is chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver and gold. The the you get a picture in the Bible of, of the value of gold, of, your, of kings that will, that will connive and betray their people for gold, of people who will sell all that they have to obtain it. You get this, this picture of great worth. But why is your name more valuable than, than what seems like the most valuable material on earth? I, was, I, was, I used to be um, extremely kind of entangled in prosperity theology in the sense of, like, um, at my church, it's what's popularly, popularly called name it and claim it. And that's like when you say something, in essence, you are speaking the things of God into existence. So ask a question for it. Ask the Lord for it directly and he's going to answer you directly, okay? And, and um, I remember, like, you know, totally entrenched in this and praying for something. And the Lord gave it to me, but in a way totally different than what I had named and claimed. And it was the first time that I saw the, the warped, uh, that I saw that controlling piece of God that I saw that my efforts were, were really um, uh, minimizing and locking God and trying to control God into my small perspective. I realized that, that God's sovereign, gigantic ways are so bigger than mine that he can answer me in any way he chooses to or say no. But, but that, God bless you, but that, but that no matter how much stuff he gave me, it was not greater than the peace that was given to me in knowing him and people at some point honoring even my name. I was, I was blessed when a bunch of friends before I left to, to go to seminary like just sat down and, and shared with me the ways that I had impacted their life. And I had no idea of these impacts that I was making. I wonder why that was never a part of my name it and claim it perspective. Why why didn't we ever seek to say, okay, yeah, the Bentley, the house, the car, the girlfriend, all these things I'm naming and claiming, but but to see others lifted up so that Christ may know them? Why wasn't that our focus? Family, when you look at these riches, these riches are real, they are real, and dare I say, real in character and what we experience. I think also real materially, too. I, I, I'm not going to name it and claim it on y'all and say everybody going to get rich. You know, I, I don't believe that. What I do believe is we serve a great God that cares for his people. And sometimes in our Reformed theology, we can minimize being Christian is great, <laughs> it's a blessing, man. You know we serve a great and awesome God. I, I looked up what I looked up. Uh, I looked up Reformed theology blessing. The first thing that came up said persecution. <laughs> <laughs> I invite you to look look it up on just Google Reformed theology per, uh, blessing. And it is said persecution and blessing. I said man, <laughs> but. But family, like, God cares for us in ways that we can't imagine and we can't control how he's going to do it, but he does it. And he does it physically but also spiritually. As you look back and with nothing, he allows you to be a generous steward of things he's given you and you care for people with your time, with your money, with your talents, different stuff. And people down the road say, yeah, that's it. I don't, I don't know. All I know is that dude loved me well. That, that D'Ara. All I know is that she, she pointed me to Christ through her lifestyle. Oh, you're, talk, you're talking about her? Don't speak bad about that person because I care about them. See, honor, honor exists in community, it's experienced. It's the fruit of fearing the Lord. It's the fruit of wise people digging deeply into Christ. It is is experienced. You don't don't honor someone that, that has done nothing for you, you know nothing of, in a way that's heartfelt. Now take it, if President Obama comes in here, we all say, hey, President Obama... But, but that's because we know the rules of culture. Not because we love him deeply. But let, 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 let great grandma come in here who, who, who was an immigrant from another place. Or, or moved into a neighborhood that didn't accept her. That prayed for you for years. Let her come in here. Boy, you'll take off your coat Lay it down. Grandma, what you need? I'll go get you some water. We Make you a pizza. We don't even have an oven. What you need? We, we, we do whatever. We, we honor those well that have exemplified Christ. And family, I'm praying that that would be the disposition of this body. That Christ, that, that this community, again, this community would be impacted by people who will say, yup, my block." I'm going to try to love the Lord dearly and care for my block well, care for those that I work with well, care for my in-laws well. We, didn't, we didn't even, don't even have time to go into the fullness of what it looks like to honor one's mom and dad. I know when, when they may not love Jesus, and we have questions on that, and we can, we can talk a bit in, in our MAC groups about that. But, but family, let our disposition be that of people who want to fear and love Jesus deeply. There is um, uh, a medal, and I, I pray I get this clear. There's a medal of honor that is bestowed upon each of the different areas of service. And I think in my adult life, besides honor roll, dean's list, and like an honorary degree, the only time I've really ever heard of honor used in my life has been in reference of a medal of honor. And I actually didn't know what it was, so I spent some time looking it up. And uh, a Medal of Honor is given by the president to three people, one in each branch of service. I believe the Marines are in the Air Force, right, JD? Yep, so they are are under that. No, Matthew? Okay, somebody. Navy, yes, yep, help me out. And so, and so this, this medal is given for, for courage, but given for acts of service that are beyond what we could imagine. Let me share with you guys though, the, the, so you, you have uh, over hundreds of years men given this medal. And well, actually one woman was given the medal And this medal is to reflect and to acknowledge like extreme uh, courage in the face of obstacles. So I looked up a couple of the guys. One guy um, went in to save people. He was shot in the shoulder. Went back, saved some more, shot in the leg. Crawled about 100 yards to save another guy, care for him, and then pull him back. That was a brother named uh, Baker. I think it was, uh, I can get you guys his name. An- another guy sees the enemy have these bunkers laid out, and they can't reach the bunkers. So he, on foot, goes to the bunkers, pretty much jumps inside, takes down the different guys, and like, allows the regime to advance, putting himself in harm's way. There's, there's one thing, though, that's common across the thread of all of these individuals who received the Medal of Honor. And it was this question, why, why, why did you do that? What, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Like, you're getting the Medal of Honor now. What does this mean to you? And they all would say, actually, uh, I did this just because... I'm committed to the vision of the Army, or the Navy, or the Air Force. I didn't do this for the accolades. I didn't even do it, do it to get this medal, thank you. But I did it for the love that I have for my fellow soldier. And if you ask me to do it again, I do it in a heartbeat. It's, a, it's impressive when you, when you hear some of the things that they, that they went through in order to receive that medal, but, but what's even crazier are some of the perks that come along with that medal. Here, here are these perks, it's pretty cool. First is, they get a little more money. They get uh, about 1,100 more dollars in their monthly pension. Uh, they get to fly on military aircraft at no cost if the space is available and their families can use military recreation facilities anywhere. Uh, recipients are also invited to all presidential inaugurations and inauguration balls. So right, they get to kick it with the president all the time. You know, it's like automatic party, you know what I'm saying, stake on Obama, you know. They also um, get special parking spaces set aside and military bases. Uh, And there's this informal tradition that no matter how high-ranking the other people are within the military, that if you've received the Medal of Honor, you are saluted. Each Medal of Honor recipient's child, if they qualify, can go to a military academy uh, without having to worry about the quota for his or her state. And finally, fam, upon their death, a Medal of Honor recipient's grave is marked with a special headstone that bears the Medal of Honor symbol and special gold lettering to denote that service member's special status. <coughs> Family, these, these are perks that none of these guys signed up for. They didn't pursue those things, they were committed to a mission. And no matter what came against them, no matter the adversity, they stuck to that mission and then are revered. May may us understanding the worldly aspect of celebrating honor move us that much more passionately to live missionally for Christ. Yeah, there's great benefits. There's great perks. This is a blessed life we get to live as as, as we're honored for glorifying Christ but we don't do it to get the honor. We do it because we're committed to the mission of advancing the gospel, living out the gospel, and fearing our Lord while loving our Lord deeply. Family, will you guys pray with me? Jesus, may honor be first unto you. then if anyone is to, to revere us, if anyone is to, to see us as influential, if we can, can, can advance your kingdom through our position, Jesus, use us so that they, that may be our story. May the world not simply see us as good people, as kind people, as their definition of loving, but that, Lord, when when they seek to honor us, it would point towards your cross and that would be clear. Father, we do thank you because you are a gracious God that we do get to delight in some of the the perks that come along with with, uh, people honoring our name. But let it never be uh, our aim. Christ, we love you. And in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.